Hello, my name is Stephen Dunn, and you're listening to the Hellenistic Christendom Podcast, Philosophy for Understanding Theology. Hello, and welcome to the Hellenistic Christendom Podcast, where I'd like to start by revealing something very kind of personal to myself, which it's not all that personal, but specifically my greatest fear in life is death. And I really think it's this kind of fear in life um, that has really motivated my sort of belief in God, so to speak. So to say it succinctly, I am afraid of death. I've been afraid for as long as I can remember. And that fear can often manifest itself in the form of an episode of some kind of anxiety, sweating, shaking, etc. And I have definitely lost sleep over my fear of death for sure. I have even had to excuse myself from situations with other people because the anxiety will hit me so bad. Uh, I've even tried to have conversations with others about my problems so that I might find some sort of remedy so as to divert the kind of psychological tension uh, associated with my own demise. However, strangely, I have often received the advice of repression. In other words, somehow aim my attention elsewhere so that the fear doesn't come back. So consider what the psychoanalyst Gregory Zilborg once wrote on this issue. He says, quote, For behind the sense of insecurity in the face of danger, behind the sense of discouragement and depression, there always lurks the basic fear of death. A fear which undergoes most complex elaborations and manifests itself in many different ways. No one is free of the fear of death. The anxiety neurosis, the various phobic states, even a considerable number of depressive suicidal states, and many schizophrenias amply demonstrate the ever-present fear of death which becomes woven into the major conflicts of the given psychopathological conditions. We may take for granted that the fear of death is always present in our mental functioning. So, Zilborg nonetheless interestingly argues that the fear of death must be present within us. That is, quote, the fear of death must be present behind all our normal functioning in order for the organism to be armed toward self-preservation. So the question of death becomes a relevant biological evolutionary one in the post-Darwinian period, at least in the psychological sense. For instance, as some have argued, quote, early men who were not or excuse me, early men who were most afraid were those who were most realistic about their situation in nature, and they passed on to their offspring a realism that had a high survival value. Now, apart from this conversation, solutions to my fear of death have not been particularly fruitful. However, my conversion to Christianity became somewhat of a game changer. When I first became a Christian, my situation then turned to not only accepting the reality of my own mortality, but to almost embracing it. As Paul wrote to the Philippians, quote, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians 1.21. He even later admits to my own shock, quote, If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is by far, which is better by far. Now, Jesus even makes his own shocking statements that were at one point hard for me to swallow. He says in Mark 8, for example, quote, Then he called to the crowd, uh, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. 
But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Now, why do I bring up this subject? What can the reality of death tell us about God? What can the reality of death tell us about us? It's really these kinds of questions and many more that I believe provoke a serious consideration of the overall conversation regarding man and his relation to the universe and ultimately to God as well. So for those of you that don't like talking about religion or don't want to have anything to do with it in your daily lives, there is something knocking at your door that simply can't be ignored. So we as modern citizens often lose sight of the absolute either or, God or no God, happiness or misery, and so on. Now this was utilized by one notable Christian philosopher, Pascal, who truly believed that old Augustinian sort of truism that thou has made us for thyself and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. This distinctive thinking is what shapes the cities of Augustine, the Civitas Dei, the city of God, and the Civitas Mundi, the city of man. It's ultimately a distinction between salvation and damnation, heaven and hell, as well as happiness of man with God and wretchedness of man without God. However, what is often ignored is the reality of the former, man's depravity, namely that apart from the good news of Christianity, we often ignore the bad news, that is to say sin. Now, as the philosopher Peter Kreeft once rightly wrote, quote, In the past, the difficulty in accepting Christianity was its second point, salvation. Everyone in pre-modern societies knew sin was real, but many doubted salvation. Today, it's the exact opposite. Everybody is saved, but there is no sin to be saved from. Thus, what originally came into the world as good news strikes the modern mind as bad news, as guilt-ridden, moralistic, and judgmental. For the modern mind is no longer convinced of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So that same uh, French philosopher that I mentioned before, Blaise Pascal, was convinced of these two truths. The wretchedness of man without God, and that nature is corrupt, proved by nature itself. Now, one of the biggest evidences for that first point, wretchedness of man without God, in the sense, really, that Pascal means wretched, is the fact of death. Indeed, it's the only certain fact in our lives. Why is death support for the wretchedness of man? Well, to borrow a few reasons from Kreeft, he says, quote, It's an attention grabber. It is a solid, sound, secure, and indisputable fact. It slaps us in the face with our own wretchedness, our utter helplessness before the loss of everything. So Pascal even declares, Anyone with only a week to live, will not find it in his interest to believe that all this is just a matter of chance. Now, if we were not bound by our passions, a week and a hundred years would come to mean the same thing. However, you, I would invite, are more welcome to any of the five following solutions when facing death. The first is don't look at it. Look the other way. Be an ostrich. Hide your head in the sand. Your, hide your mind in worldliness. Stay diverted. The second is to look at it with a heart dulled by pop psychology. Accept it. Be bland and indifferent to it. Do go gentle into that good night. Do not rage against the dying of the light. Also, you can look at it and despair. This is the admirable but unlivable honesty of nihilism. You could also look at it and put your hope and faith in science to conquer death by technology, by 
cryogenics or by artificial immortality, by genetic engineering, etc. And this really is a faith as old as the Renaissance kind of notions of alchemy and occultism. And finally, your last option is to put your faith in God, in Christ, and in the resurrection. Now, Pascal offers reasons for rejecting all the others, although, as Kreeft admits, the problem itself eliminates all other contenders. One of the most important considerations among our questions of existential worth should be the question of the immortality, mortality of the soul, whether it is either or, for example. Well, why? That is because the last act is bloody, however fine the rest of the play. They throw earth over your head and it is finished forever. In other words, our lives in a particular sense gain its unity and point from its conclusion or end. Therefore, the question of our immortality is vitally important. Indeed, it is perhaps the only relevant question in all of our lives. In fact, this reality should provoke us to question, to the question, excuse me, of the truth of religion. However, as I mean, Christianity in particular. And as Peter Crave rightly says to finish here, death KOs all philosophies. Only Christ KOs death. <laughs>